Welcome, Natal. Thanks for uh, for joining uh, today's uh, podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jessica. Excited to be here. <laughs> so, where are you calling in from? For the listeners? so I'm cur- so I'm currently in Toronto right now, uh, based out of Toronto. Uh, relocated here for grad school, and I'm working part time at a co working space here. Oh, cool. And um, what? Wh- why are you working at this co work space? What? What is the? What's the fun of that? So um, over the years, I've been very interested in working at uh, collaborative spaces. Mm-hmm. So spaces that bring individuals together and try to foster community. So um, when we look at today's society, there's a lot of open source happening online. Um, so a lot of engagement, a lot of uh, crowdsourcing happening virtually. And I think I'm interested in looking at what we can do if that was brought into, the, into reality. And looking at not just building these crowdsourcing communities, so these communities that sort of come and then dismantle very quickly, but building communities that, like where you know people really in, begin to invest in each other, and, and there's sort of this long-lasting um, sort of commitment, connection, and collaboration that happens. So physical space has been something that I'm really uh, fascinated by, taking like looking at a physical space as an opportunity for people to come together, engage and uh, begin to influence each other, to co-create together, um, and empower one another towards creating change within their localities. Oh, great. That, and um, did you already see some things uh, in, your, in the workspace or, uh, or in the field you work with um, at the moment, that something that works to actually uh, facilitate that, this, connect, this engagement? And connectivity and commitment between co-workers? Yeah, so I guess initially when I started out, it was just, we were just taking over uh, um, properties and it was sort of open engagement. We would have workshops there and we would um, facilitate sort of like meetings and But co-working for me became the most interesting component. So um, in 2013, I was based in Hyderabad, and we were began experimenting with an organization called Unlimited Hyderabad, which is the sister company of Unlimited uh, India, which started one of the first co-working spaces in India called Bombay Connect. And the the co the a founder of one of their sister companies, Unlimited Hyderabad, decided to come and try to experiment with the concept at a workspace, like a, at a property that we had taken over, that we were working out of in Hyderabad. And it was really interesting. It was the first time that I'd heard about co-working. And why I really liked it was that it brought together people that were already working on pr- specific projects as entrepreneurs. In this case, they were social entrepreneurs. And, and, and facilitating meetings around that, I felt like it really created a sort of a focus point um, when we think change makers, what specifically are we talking about? And for me, co-working brings together change makers who are specifically entrepreneurs, who are building products and uh, projects um, that are self-sustainable. And then facilitating connections around that. And I think Host to Transform was something that I discovered when I had relocated to Bangalore and was working on a project of building three co-working spaces. Um, and host to transform, I thought when we did a workshop with them and brought the entrepreneurs together and began exchange, doing events around figuring out what people's needs were and how everybody could help meet those needs, I feel like I really found my niche. I was like, wow, um, working with entrepreneurs 
but also facilitating ways for these entrepreneurs to figure out how to help each other, meet each other's needs, um, and also keep each other uplifted. Uh, I felt like that sort of began, stre began streamlining the kind of communities that I'm interested in building and how I want to build with those communities. Wow, that's... Uh... Yeah, that that sounds like a beautiful niche. I think we have yeah. uh, some commonalities there. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually also building those kind of community-like uh, spaces in uh, in in organizations that already exist. Um, uh, so you could work on crowd companies, getting some entrepreneurs together and make them flourish and cooperate together. But I think, yeah, you could also do it in already existing organizations to get those people more engaged and work more um, effectively. Do you think that, um, well, in this specific case, maybe the host transform tool could be uh, effective in existing organizations as well? Or would you say only co-work spaces? I think the principles in host transform could be valuable in any corporation and any organization. Um, For sure. I mean, hands down. I mean, we could, for example, the first facility in Hyderabad, we were very arts oriented. So we'd have a lot of arts events and artists as well. Um, and one of our floors was devoted to co-working and entre like entrepreneurs. But do I think that, that that would have been valuable for us to have done those work, that, a workshop like that, bringing our artists together, bringing our, you know, our, our entrepreneurs together and facilitating one of these one of the sessions that Host to Transform does, I think, yes. Because there was a lot, sometimes at that workspace, there was a little bit of conflict, right? Um, the artists would be making music or running, you know, music shows, and we'd have entrepreneurs in having meetings, and there was this conflict at times. And it would have been great if we could have, you know, um, run one of these sessions and figure out, uh, build more communication within the community um, and facilitate that. Sometimes it's a lot harder than we think for, for individuals to go and connect with one another. And I think it's the responsibility of the, the community managers and the facilitators of the space to, to you know, go and, and, and encourage people to, to connect. And that's because I think in every organization, people were usually so work-oriented or trying to get a project across that we don't really take the time to figure out what each other's needs are. Mm -hmm. and figure out how um, we can meet them. And also, we lo I really love these games at, at House, House Transform where people find out what we have in common. Mm -hmm. So usually in these uh, collective spaces, sometimes people's differences begin to conflict. These games are a really great way of getting people to remember, okay, what do we have in common? Mm -hmm. um, what has brought us to this facility? What do we have that I can give to someone else to support and help them? So I think yeah, I think House of Transform could be you know, useful in many different scenarios. Even like at, I'm at my grad school right now. Mm -hmm. So my grad school is a program, in, a master's in strategic foresight innovation at OCAD University. And we're a design thinking program. So you have, it's a very multidisciplinary program, several different individuals working on projects and working on innovation solutions. But I think there needs to be more, like it would be great if we, if we spent more time doing these kind of, activities together and getting to know one another better rather than just jumping into the project yeah 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 that's actually uh, a coincidence at the moment i'm also lecturing at uh, at a business school it's called uh, i have to say it right ibis international business innovation studies 
And mm-hmm. uh, I'm actually incorporating uh, the host transform principles there as well. And I'm teaching or, well, facilitating to uh, the toolkit towards the students to make it their own. And mm-hmm. uh, I can already see, uh, yeah, they uh, for them it's... Uh, it's pretty easy to to just absorb that. Maybe more easy than I see with adults. I don't know. It's it's uh, or adults. I mean, senior people. They find it uh, kind of uh, yeah. Maybe more. They feel more distance to the whole principle. I I feel sometimes. Um, so that's interesting. And uh, for people that never have joined a session of Hosa Transform, uh, can you recall how, how, how you have experienced it or how it, how it went in uh, Bangalore, right? Well, it was quite uh, uh, interesting when you, when you dropped in because we opened our facilities in Bangalore in around like November. And by January, one of our facilities was very full and then going into February, March, a second facility began to be very full. And we began to have several individuals in our workspaces. And, you know, managing, like initially it was just trying to get people to get out, sit into the desks. But eventually the, the issue became about fostering community. And we did get a lot of feedback from our entrepreneurs about like, hey, you know, I'd love to meet with one, some of the other founders, maybe we should start having meetings, maybe we should start doing some games together. And what you discover about people that work in collaborative spaces is that they're working there because they like being around people. Yeah. So um, I began feeling this need to run community events, but I didn't know what to do. And one day I heard that you were like that host to transform was in Bangalore and that they had reached out to our co-working space you showed up and started running these games that were perfect I think was exactly what we needed so one of the games consisted of you know we started off with our team of community managers you got us to stand in the circle you had us sort of share things that we wanted to achieve in the space and then each of us in the circle um, shared so one person would share what they need and then every single other person in the circle would share how they could support that person to make that happen mm-hmm. um, now you would think at all of our team meetings that we would have done that already mm-hmm. but sometimes it's kind of like you know that doesn't happen you know mm-hmm. because every single person has different ideas and we don't really take the time to express and 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 we begin to debate the idea rather than say debate all aside, what can I do to make that idea happen? Mm-hmm. So, um, and figure out the sort of... The solution focus was there, the open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Solution focused rather than, yeah. So that was great game. Um, there was also this, uh, you got us to stand around the circle and just sort of share what we were grateful about. Um, you sh- let us, made us share sort of our first name and then with the first letter of our name, we shared sort of... Uh, a characteristic about ourselves and we you know shared sort of personal challenge so you made it kind of personal as well it wasn't just you know um about the work we also started to get to know each other at a, on a more intimate level which i thought i really appreciated and then we went out into the co-working space and it was a little you know i was a little nervous and we went around to each desk and we tried to encourage people to come you know play an activity and it was great because we had so many people come and play um, and come and engage. And 
I think I was really, you know, grateful for you to come in. Sometimes it's hard as a community manager. We're invested in the community. We've built relationships. We're trying to maintain the reputation of the space. It's nice to have like a sort of an external individual to come in Mm -hmm. and then sort of um, give us the courage to go around and be like, hey, guys, let's do this activity. And so we ended up clearing out our first floor and we had a great, you know, it was a great group of people came together and you got them to play all these different activities. And I was so surprised that people <laughs> were actually playing exactly. and that they were actually enjoying themselves. I right? was stretching my comfort zone immensely. You know, there were also a lot of male uh, kind of techies, if I can say yeah. it like that. And they had their judgmental face. <laughs> on. Yeah. And I can totally understand, you know, and I'm also judging at the same moment. Um, but I'm always, you know, curious if people will really get involved. And uh, yeah, 90% of the cases it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, um, so that was some of the activities you got them to get into groups and share five things that they had in common. And then you got them to share it with the group. Everyone got to hear sort of the five things that they had in common um, you paired everyone up and everyone, uh, again, shared a need and, and how that need could be met. And it was re- one of the ones that left the biggest impression on me was these two individuals were talking and literally one of the entrepreneurs just said, I'm new to town and I really want to play music and I'm a great, you know, I'm a great guitarist. <laughs> and the guy that he had been partnered with was like, well, that's great because I'm trying to sell my guitar. <laughs> so I was like, you know, some of the connections had nothing to do with uh, business. But, you know, one of the things about these co-working spaces is you're also meeting a lot of entrepreneurs who are out of town, who've left their family and friends and are in a new city trying to build their business. And um, some of these connections can make it easier for them to integrate into the new city, you know, and to build friendships. That's another thing. It's like not always about business. It's also just like about fostering and and creating friendships in the facility um, so that everybody feels at home. So... Yeah, yeah, I was actually thinking, have you ever seen the movie, uh, The Secret? The, uh, about the law yes, of attraction? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can have, you know, uh, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but, you know, the the, the message there, the law of attraction and synchronicity, um, you know, so things occur spontaneously, but on the right moment, on the right time. Uh, yeah, I think maybe Hosted Transform kind of in a positive way manipulates that process. It uh, mm-hmm. accelerates it for, uh, yeah, synergy to occur in a faster pace than uh, when you wouldn't have those 20-minute sessions. So, yeah. um, pretty cool. I was wondering, because you also mentioned that, uh, you know, me as an external person going there and um, unlocking the potential in the space, so to speak. I was wondering, do you think, uh, because we have experimented with that in Amsterdam as well, and often the people from the co-work space itself do not really have the time to facilitate those sessions, as you have experienced yourself. You're always really busy. Yeah. Um, Because I see a little challenge there, because I would love to see it really incorporated in the culture, and that's only possible when you, in this case, you specifically, adopt uh, the tools and uh, well maybe you're you you're kind of a person that uh, would love to facilitate those sessions others maybe not um, how do you see that occur or maybe co-workers would love to facilitate those sessions that could also happen how would you see how would you sustain that um well we're 
I guess for me, um, you know, I grew up doing a lot of improv. Mm -hmm. So um, improv principles have really shaped um, the way that I engage and, and how I work in teams. And so I, when I saw that Host to Transform also incorporates these improv principles of the whole of the concept of yes and, um, I think that's really what makes it why I made it comfortable for me. I saw a lot of the games were also theater games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think theater games are universally uh, applicable and can be fun for anyone. I don't know if everyone will feel comfortable facilitating that, mm-hmm. but I think that over time, if you build a community through like these through sort of shared leadership. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have certain games and then one person initiates and spends, you know, does it one by bi- weekly or once a month. They run a game and then have someone else run yeah. the game the next week and build supportive environments. I think people can become comfortable leading these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the challenge is, I guess, is that most entrepreneurs that come into workspaces, they're coming there to work on their business. And community managers, our responsibility is to facilitate the space, make sure that the community is happy. So the posi- the intervention point is to have community managers that realize the value of fostering community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, after that experience, like it's left an impression on me. So now I'm trying to figure out ways to carry carry that on in the spaces that I work in or to encourage engagement and connection and, and collaboration. I reached out to you again to be like, hey, why don't I'd love to learn how I could continue to do these kind of workshops. Um, and I guess you've probably seen that, right? By going to different co-working spaces, you've probably gotten individuals that have been interested in carrying yeah. that on. Yeah. I think it just has to be incorporated at least, you know, bi-weekly, you know, and maybe more often. Mm-hmm. in a space um, to make more people comfortable playing these activities or leading these activities. Yeah. Yeah, so because you, I think that triggered me, like the, the community manager is responsible of, uh, of facilitating the space. Um, I really wonder uh, if that's possible in a sense that I think the people that I work that work in the space also have have to be responsible for that community to accelerate. Um, I've met a lot of community managers by now and often they're kind of, you know, they, they find it really difficult to kind of approach the entrepreneurs because they don't want to disturb them because they pay a fee to be there and they're kind of, uh, in this, uh, in between zone and, um, Yeah, it's the same with organizations, you know. You cannot just make one manager responsible for the whole space to be happy. Of course, it's his core business. Um, However, I think it's the challenge for the manager, in this case also for you, to make the other people also feel responsible. So indeed, to get this uh, shared leadership um, responsibility um, going on. Well, yeah, I guess it's... uh you know, when you say that, I think it is very true. Like the idea, so one of the projects I worked on, it was called Free Space in San Francisco. And there was a lot of burners um, behind the project. And so there was, they used a lot of the principles from Burning Man when running the facility. So we had the property for two months. And the first month when anybody walked in and they'd ask us, um, what is this place? We would be like, well, what do you think it should be? 
you know? And so every single person that walked in was empowered to be a leader. And every single person was empowered and encouraged to contribute something to this this space. And it was amazing, right? In one month, we had over 100 events of book readings. We had this one organization come in and do, like, bring in scraps and do, like, facilitate art. We had open mics. We had, like, a music night. We We began to have this weekly yoga um, session and all of these workshops are happening for free and because of these workshops it was increasing our footfall mm-hmm. we never knew what kind of events sometimes we had one with one of our events was like a, brought together a bunch of musicians so we, it was a three-story property and our whole building you know each floor we had like a music night and music show going on and it brought in a huge crowd mm-hmm. you know um and I remember just loving that project because literally I came in on like the second day. I wasn't the main team that acquired the property, um, came up with the concept, mm-hmm. but they immediately integrated me to the point that I felt like I was a part of the founding team. You know, I was sitting in, I could go and sit in with meetings with the founding team and I was facilitating workshops and I yeah. was, you know, so... I think what you're saying is it, it, it reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's how can we do that? You know, empower every single individual because when you do things sort of happen naturally without yeah. the managers having to uh, yeah everything. And sometimes I'm a little bit in dispute with my, uh, well, so-called colleagues that do similar work as I do. And they don't believe in um, self-steering communities or organizations or whatever you call it, because they feel you need leadership. You need one person that makes the decisions. Otherwise, it's not going anywhere. And I think there's not one you know, clear answer to that. There's a lot of factors that make it happen or not. And in that case of, what's the name of the project, of the Burning Man project you were working on? Um, it was called, it wasn't a Burning Man project, it was called Free Space. It was yeah. actually done for the National Month of, or sorry, the National Day of Civic Hacking in the United States of America. Okay. Back in July, uh, June 2013. Okay. Um, oh, that's but the it, year I went to Burning Man, I think. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and... It, was, it wasn't like it was a Burning Man project, but there were several individuals that had been to Burning Man. Yeah. Um, so they brought a lot of those principles yeah. to the ways that the space was managed. Nobody's in the spectator or only the art. Yeah, you're both. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, little things like even someone coming in and painting on the wall, mm-hmm. right? We always look for the physical, tangible. But someone, that was also considered a contribution. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. really uh, And was there one person that made the decisions? Do you remember? Is that what, Yeah, so curious. it was founded by um, an individual named Mike Zuckerman. Mm-hmm. And he is known, he's a strong proponent of like third spaces and um, facilitating those kind of spaces in San yeah. Francisco and across the world. Okay. All right. So there is some kind of steering wheel behind it, right? It's not just... Yeah, randomly exists and then it's gone again. It's 
I'm just searching well, for the amount of leadership you need for those spaces to happen naturally enough. Uh, well, I think it takes like one, like it always takes a team to acquire the space mm -hmm. and then be the stewards of that space and sort of make sure that the, the space opens at a certain time, yeah, yeah, that we yeah. lock up, make sure that everyone's... The operational you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the operational stuff. Um, you know... <sighs> It, it took a connection to acquire the space in Bangalore. It took our investor, our founder, to be able to acquire the properties. You need those individuals who are, you know, willing to take up that responsibility. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah. And out of curiosity, because uh, you also mentioned sustainable project is something that really thrives you. Um, and do you also mean financially sustainable, or do you mean sustainability in the word of environment? I mean, sort of uh, financially sustainable, yeah. right? So, yeah, that's another interesting component. So, mm -hmm. um, in order for any of, like, so, free space, um, when uh, we, the second month that we were open, we had to crowdsource in order to pay pay for rent, mm -hmm. right? So, we had to do a crowdfunding um, crowdfunding to get, to get the, the funds to pay for that. But when I went to, you know, when we were in Bangalore and um, I saw sort of the co-working concept, you know, every entrepreneur that buys into the space literally ends up, you know, investing in the maintenance of that space. Mm -hmm. So when you work with entrepreneurs and they're already self-sustainable and working on projects and you bring that collective of individuals together, that too can also, um, you know, ensure the sustainability of your of your project now the place the space that i work with right now i mean it initially started with two individuals and these two individuals just you know they couldn't um uh, they were two entrepreneurs and they couldn't afford to take up a big property and run their business so they had to put you know a word out to other entrepreneurs and see if they wanted to share space mm-hmm And now they're in the business of acquiring shared spaces and facilitating those kind of spaces for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Because there, it turned out there were so many people out there that were, that were looking for space. Uh, yeah. for space. So um, when you work by with, membership fee, I, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, okay, um, getting back to, uh, to the collective space and... Uh, to make people flourish and engage and feel at home, but there should also be money in the bank, um, all that. As From your perspective as a community leader, um, or maybe you have some different words for that, um, what is, if you could name out one biggest challenge, what, what would it be for you from your perspective? Um, well, you know, so I'm a, a strong proponent of, taking those 20 minutes or trying to get people to connect and play and engage. Mm -hmm. um, but it's challenging because, you know, not many people see uh, that as valuable um, or necessary. So, or no, people have an experience sort of adults playing games or activities So, um, so sometimes you're kind of like the renegade in, in the, 
in the space that's saying, hey, maybe we should take those 20 minutes and let's play an activity. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, I've been working in collaborative spaces since, like, 2012. And I've been, like, you know, either with smaller teams and as the teams have grown, I've always been the voice that has been a strong proponent of, of, of engaging and, and utilizing play um, as, a, as a means of... Uh, of accelerating the growth of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to convince people to, to see the value in that. And so, yeah, so it's, that's it's like I, emerging knowledge, right? Or emerging experience. You know what they're gonna, they're gonna have a lot of fruitful experiences and probably resources, resources that they can take out of it. But yeah, if they don't experience it, then they, yeah, you cannot force them. And it's kind of, ah, just first experience and then judge, please, you know? Yeah. Well, also, yeah. I'll say this, you know, it's it's kind of like, for me, it was just sort of an intuitive feeling mm-hmm. that I began having. When I looked, I began, you know, realizing when, you know, when I think, look at my work life and I, when I, you know, and I was, you know, when I first started working or even when I was in undergrad or like I you know as my life as I was entering the professional realm beginning to feel this need to play Mm -hmm. and it wasn't so that I could be an actress or be it was this need to engage and you know yeah so literally just to play and um as a tool not so much as a as a mean or for an end yeah yeah exactly um just for the just to take that time out and do that for like for the pure joy of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of beginning to say like, you know, initially it was like, oh, let's play some games just to like take a break from the work. Let's do some games together. I think Host to Transform um, was, so for me, Host to Transform was great because they came in and sort of merged, you know, look, we can play these activities and these games and we can also achieve um, business goals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through that, um, yeah. so it, it's not like you're were you utilizing games, but also for sort of strategizing and achieving um, milestones for companies. Yeah. So it, it sort of grounded it in a way where um, my need for creativity and uh, was being met with the needs of the entrepreneurs to, you know, stay in business. Yeah. And and succeed. So um, I think Host to Transform really opened my eyes to how these things can coexist. Yeah, that's cool. The other day, there was uh, also a community leader that told me, yeah, it can actually prevent uh, prevent organization from, from getting bankrupt, you know. Because bankruptcy, uh, bankruptcy is also when people are really stressed or are fearful working in an organizational culture that is not open and really inwards looking and focus on the things that they are, where they're scared of uh, often happens, right? So you need, you need to break free from that. So I think that's an interesting point you just made. Uh, that it's also it's, it has a purpose. It's, you know, the fun bit is great, but it's it's not only the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, nowadays we also really focus on agility. Uh, so get agile, sometimes we say, and we have a framework uh, where the A is standing for adaptability, the G for generosity, the I for intuition, like you beautiful said, the L for leaping into new experiences, um, and the E for empathy. 
So people empathizing with themselves and with the other. And from that space, new things arise. Um, because if I say play, um, I feel there's more walls coming up, especially yeah. with the left-brainers. So that's yeah. why I choose yeah, the, the word agile, get agile, because then you can create and seize new opportunities for your business to grow or to, to change, to transform, actually. And um, can, do you resonate with that, if I say agile? Um, get the space I understand. I un yeah, um, yeah be, I understand that certain words can be, you know, perceived in certain ways. So, yeah, I think it's... I think, again, it goes back, I think that host to transform is literally, for me, has been, has really thought it through and has made um, activities uh, appealing for individuals that, um, for, for, for an adult, you know, um, consumer base. So, um, so, yeah, I think agile is a great word because it is about being, flexible for sure right it's about being able to sort of pivot and 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 if you're not willing to do that in reality why don't we you know do that in sort of this it through through an activity mm -hmm. you know even just looking at just thinking about okay what could I do differently with my product or business yeah and what can the people at this event or activity do to help me you know yeah. do something different with my company And just explore that even just in conversation. Yeah. If not an application. Yeah, you can, uh, by that, you can validate your product or service, like on a product and service level, but you can also validate your assumptions about another person. Um, like two days ago, there was a session hosted in Brazil, actually, in uh, the city Extrema. I don't know if you know it. It's near uh, San, San Paulo, I think. And yeah. um, there was a, well, long story short, there was a woman in a municipality and they want to have a pro project going on and with a lot of stakeholders and there's a lot of biasness about one and the other, also judgments. And uh, there was one woman that had a beautiful reflection about herself and, and the project um, in this space. And uh, suddenly everyone shifted f from judgment to empathy towards her, you know, uh, because she was, I don't know, she was physically really uh, a big woman and maybe a little bit slow and slack, but her mind was really fresh and uh, on the spot when she, uh, when she actually shared her ideas about uh, the project. Um, so I really love that too. You go beyond your judgments and uh, you can validate your own um, thoughts about another person or projects um so yeah that is that's that 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 ring the bell when you were saying about pivoting you can actually pivot um yeah your your ideas about a person i guess yeah well that's another interesting thing about um for me when i was working out in bangalore at beehive it was interesting because when i was in the facility um and entrepreneurs were coming in You know, we, we, I had this perception that, you know, these are young millennials. Maybe they were out of college and they were building their business. And I was, you know, it really took time for me to get to know each of the entrepreneurs and realize, you know, some of them had previously been working in Goldman and Sachs. Mm -hmm. Some of them were recent graduates from Harvard. You know, we had, you know, we had this other young woman who got her MA from 
Cambridge and relocated back to Bangalore to work on her product, like this water purification product. We had this other company from one of the biggest software companies in the world, Tipco, that you know they had left that job and were building a product. So I like, totally <laughs> saw that. You know, I had all these preconceived notions in my head about what the, what kind of individuals were walking into this collaborative space. Had I not had that conversation, said, "Hey, like, mm-hmm. what does your company do, and what were you doing before you came here?" Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have ever realized what a talented group of people that were that were in my midst. Yeah, what that has taught me is to to continue to engage. Even when you're at a party or you're at a networking event or and you see someone, you don't know why, go talk to them mm-hmm. if you feel this connection to them. Because once you start conversing with them, you might realize that there's that they do something similar to you, that they could be a potential business partner, um, they could potentially support you in a project that you're trying to build. And you you never know that unless you make those conversations. So yeah, when I when I've I've been suggesting that we try to do similar activities at the co-working space that I'm working at now. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I'm suggesting that is to make create effective networking and looking at the importance of networking mm-hmm. for the success of companies. Yeah. And go beyond what do, what do you do, you know? Yeah. Why do you do what you do? That's way more interesting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. are already getting fed up me saying that, but you know, I just love to say it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, to wrap the conversation up, um, what are your best wishes for, yeah, the things you are working on? So maybe that's communal communal business spaces to flourish. What are your best wishes for it? Well, I guess I guess my what I'd love to see in these co-working spaces is that, so where we are right now is that you do have um, several individuals and entrepreneurs who are seeing the value of working under um, common space. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, um, there's still, you know, and it almost it still has sort of that crowdsource, you know, crowdfunded kind of um, feeling to it. So it's like, all these individuals are coming together and we're maintaining the rent and we're paying, you know, maintaining our sustainability in that way. But we're not seeing like community and we're not seeing Mm -hmm. um, individuals realizing that we are a collective and our survival um, as companies is deeply interdependent, you know, and that if we, see ourselves not as just a single entity or a single company, but as companies that through connecting with the other companies in the building, and this does happen naturally, you know, you see some companies Mm -hmm. beginning to um, work on collaborative projects. And, and so for me, it's like, when you see that happening, it's like, imagine the whole facility Mm -hmm. were to light up that way. Mm -hmm. And you, everybody felt this sort of connection and need to ensure the survival of every single individual that walked into the property. No matter what situation you were in, once you entered the space, mm-hmm. you would become a part of an ecosystem that was invested in, in ensuring your survival. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing in entrepreneurship right now is you're seeing some companies move up you know, the ladder and becoming more financially sustainable. And the companies that turn back and say, what can I do to reinvest in other individuals Mm. so that they too can also survive and they too can um, be a part of the process. So 
Um, for me, you know, I'd love to see these sort of collective activities and games and fostering networking and fostering the exchange of what people's needs are and how people can, uh, what kind of gifts people have to support those needs. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about ensuring the collective survival of, of every individual, no matter what skill level you're at or what place you are in your business. Because for me, entrepreneurship is a gateway mm-hmm. for individuals to, you know, self-actualize or yeah. express whatever gift that they have that they want to share with the world. But they may not have all the skills that they need in order mm-hmm. to ensure that. So I just want to see more entrepreneurs supporting each other. Um, so. Yeah, I love what you say about kind of the generations, you know, the, the mature generation helping the, the younger generation again. Because what I see when there's a lot of people get starting to get in business and everything is new, uh, there's more uh, a way of, of of thinking in scarcity than abundance, um, which I can imagine. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle now. You know, I'm, I'm moving up in that sense. If I yeah. can, uh, if, if if I can place myself somewhere. Uh, yeah. But I also understand. You know, it's pretty hard. It's it's a different lifestyle. It's you need a different mindset. Uh, you cannot be too hard on yourself. You cannot be too hard on others. But yeah, if things do not work out and your money is not on the level you, you know, um, and what your your life expenses are, things are getting pretty difficult for people to still, you know, feel like, oh, I can share everything with the world. And I've sometimes I feel that um, that stress a little bit in co-work spaces, kind of. Ooh, there's a lot of uh, you know uncertainty, and I think it's the same in big companies actually. Um, and I personally, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Collective uh, um, survival, uh, but also for you know for companies that exist as well, the bigger companies, because before you know, a co-work space is just repeating you know what happened before with the big companies, and uh, it's becomes a survival of the fittest in a sense. And I think, um, yeah, we would like to prevent that if if I'm in, in tune with you. Yeah. Um, and also because I think, like, the idea of, like, small businesses, especially in an, it, and we're leaving a time of where multinational corporations have really, you know, sh- shaped our economy. And a lot of, you know, and that's something, you know, fascinating that I saw in India where you saw people leaving jobs at, like, Google, yeah. Microsoft. These are some of the biggest, you know, companies Very in the cool world. And, yeah. and and so for many of the upper middle class in India, the aspiration was to work, you know, Deloitte, work for the biggest American multinational corporation that they could find. That was the yeah. um, highlight of their careers. But what was fascinating is to see that these individuals that were able to achieve that, having this desire to leave mm-hmm. and begin their own small businesses. So this shift of individuals who want to start their own businesses is is kind of like this pioneering shift. Yeah. And so, it, like you said, it's it's not completely stable. And so, in that case, it's so important for for the collective to support each other, especially all the individuals that have decided to cross over yeah. and, and become a part of these small businesses. We people supporting multinational corporations or supporting the way the economy functions right now is vast and large, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the alternative is very, very small. Like even like sharing our customer base. Like mm-hmm. why are we 
if we built a collective customer base that began to purchase within our ecosystem, Mm -hmm. right? Because a trust was built, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that creates a shift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know that well, that would be the scariest thing for most people to share. Right? Is our sales? Yeah. Yeah. But I get business from. Yeah. But you know, like, I don't know. So yeah, these... I, it really resonates with me. You know, I'm I'm yeah. trying to cooperate even in a moment <laughs> when I just started. Yeah. You know, with trainers to do similar stuff, but you know, you can always identify differences between one and the other. So if I'm the host of transform person. Uh, with you know this kind of leads and other people are really jumping into the improvisation theater then i would just you know i already have potential customers i could just give to them because you know this is not my main focus at the moment it's part of what i do but i i am not per se an improv improvised theater actor or only teaching uh, um, improv people so yeah, I, I as long as you know where you want to go, because, you know, if you want to grow in a specific area, you should really focus on that and give the rest to others, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, think yeah, I mean, I think even if I look at our facility that I'm working at right now, I don't see a lot of, uh, like, overlap. Everyone's doing something different. Hmm. So literally what I see instead wow. is I'm like, oh, imagine if this organization helped this organization do this. And if this organization helped, so when I walk people through a tour of our facility, I say, okay, what do you do? Well, here, let me show you a bunch of organizations in this building that could potentially facilitate and support the survival of what you're trying to do. Wow. So uh, that's what I see. I see, I'm like, wow, look at this collection of individuals. Yeah. They could, all, if they all realized that they could, if they, if they all did business with each other. Yeah, just cooperate. Yeah, there's sometimes um, games for that too, to to get that uh, light bulb moment, to accelerate that. I will send it to you for sure. Uh, once we did a game and then I saw, and I think it was even uh, in Beehive, in, in Bangalore, that we had like an HR group and we had like finance group and we had IT yeah. group. I'm like, look guys, we're already there. What are we yeah. doing? Why are we so stressful? Let's share. You know, yeah. an HR yeah, like- person would never, you know, start designing stuff, right? And most probably his or her customer needs design as well. So, yeah, for me, sometimes I'm just amazed how people can look <laughs> in the tunnel only. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the whole idea of like synchronicity and, and also this other term that's being utilized lately about open space. So this idea that everyone that's shown showed up is supposed to be there mm-hmm. and everybody has something valuable to contribute mm-hmm. and um and that it's like not a coincidence that we've all been attracted to whatever facility that we've been attracted to and decided to invest in mm-hmm. and and i think host to transform is a great uh, tool to sort of begin to explore and and, and allow people to realize like oh wow um there's a lot more in common here and actually our commonalities and what we what we do in common it doesn't threaten my survival at all actually it actually provides for my mm-hmm. survival so um, I should open up more and and listen more and engage and and co-collaborate yeah so um, why don't we change it into collective abundance or something <laughs> yeah. because survival sounds really stressful. And yeah. like, uh, you know, like the Darwin uh, kind of uh, metaphor. Yeah. 
So maybe collective well, <laughs> abundance. Abundance. Well, that's the whole idea about the yeah. sharing economy, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're right. At the heart of the sharing economy and the heart of unleashing compassion capital is the idea that nice. we live in a very, very abundant world, right? Because what's interesting is I feel like, yeah, like during the recession, there we began to feel this very strong sense of, oh my God, like economically we're in a very, you know, horrible place. And then, you know, you have people like Charles Eisenstein who wrote, you know, Sacred Economics mm -hmm. talking about how actually, no, like we live in a really abundant world. Like we have so many things to share. Mm -hmm. And though financially we're in a pretty tight place, there are so many other things that we can share with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and we still live in a very, very abundant world. And I think that's sort of the proponents of like the project in Hyderabad, my friend, who runs this facility called Roots. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he decided to share his property for free with the community. You know, he took over his four-story four property in Hyderabad and said, you know, I'm going to share this with the community because I believe that sharing this with the community will spark the desire for individuals to share other things with each other, you know? And it did, mm -hmm. right? Um, we had a lot of interesting things like, you know, musicians set up, turned one room into like a music room. And we had musicians dropping off their music instruments. We had musicians recording for each other. Mm -hmm. uh, video guys um, offering to videotape, uh, do music videos for free. So um, that's like a small example. Like, yeah, like we, these, these open spaces can really um, reveal the abundance, what we as a community have. Mm -hmm. uh, and when people are encouraged to share um, and engage in the space, um, you can begin to unleash that. So yeah, I think abundance is a per the, is actually is is a perfect word, word for it. Like unleashing the abundance in the space. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so mu much, uh, Natal or Natalia <laughs> or Natalie, depends yeah. on which continent you maneuver. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having this uh, conversation podcast, and uh, I'm sure we will uh, talk soon. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to keep you up to date with um, with how things go with with the new co working space that I'm working at. Um, so yeah, sure. Thank you very <laughs> much. Have a Thanks. great day. Ciao, ciao. You too. Bye. Take care.